Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This one's for the birds. This one's for the city. This one for the fans that bleed green with me. Push down to 95 to the right is the link. With the team pulling up knowing that they're getting beat. Exit Broad Street. Right on Patterson. Xfinity Live. CPP. What's happening? Dub F. Lot. Stop by F1. Fly Eagles fly. You hear the song getting sung? What team in the league is number one? Bird gang. Bird gang. Yeah, I said it twice. You heard me say it once. Now you sure you heard it right. No lies being told. Yeah, it's all facts. It ain't me. Green and Kelly, we don't rock with that. Any given Sunday, we don't ever slack. Yeah, we got an SP, time to run it back. And even on the road, yeah, we taking over. All you see is see a green like you at the Nova. Care less about the squad, bro, it's only us. A cheesesteak tailgate, yeah, we good, bro. Beer pong baptism, you already know. Con shot, tomato pie, bring three of fun. After every bird game, you know where to be. Fourth of John, NBC, in the heart of Philly. About the birds, about the birds, all about the birds. E Rock, Gail, find the Hollywood. Here we go, broadcasting live from NBC Sports Philadelphia Studios in the heart of the Wells Fargo Center. Welcome to 4th and John, episode number 106. Boys and girls, your beloved Philadelphia Eagles are 3-3. Three and 3-3, three. Three and three. not exactly what we were hoping for in the beginning of the season, not exactly how we envisioned this all panning out, but 3-3, three and three. guess what, Gail, it's not the end of the world. I mean, three and three, as, as Doug Peterson so eloquently stated at 8 o'clock in the morning on a Monday after getting our butts kicked by the Vikings, hey, we're going to go down to Jerry World, win that game, and we'll be at the top of the NFC East. Right? Sounds pretty good. Glasses half full. No worries, Evan Hollywood Hearn. Yeah. Everything's going to be okay. Let's put it into perspective and look at the flip side of things. You lose to the Dallas Cowboys and the Giants who play the Arizona Cardinals, Mm, win, now all of a sudden you are tied with the New York Giants. Good news is you could be at the top of the NFC East by this time next week. Bad news is you could also be tied with the New York Giants. But that's what playing average football like we talked about a couple weeks ago gets you. It gets you average results. It gets you a 500 team. And I'm not going to call this game a must-win but I'm going to call it a must win. And I know that word, that word, that phrase has a lot of negative connotation to it. And a lot of times it's used in Philadelphia sports talk media, media as a way to kind of conjure up conversation. Well, I'm not taking any phone calls, but I'm going to say it. This is a must win for the Philadelphia Eagles. Because again, I keep referencing the schedule. Take a look at the schedule and what we got coming up. You got the Dallas Cowboys, you got the Buffalo Bills, the Chicago Bears, the New England Patriots, and the Seattle Seahawks. Your next five opponents, including those Dallas Cowboys, are combined 21 and 7. Dallas is the only one without a winning record, and they're 500. So playing average football to be 3-3 three and three is not going to cut it because I don't know if you've taken a look around the rest of the NFC. But a couple weeks ago, it seemed wide open. Take a look again. Take a look now. Take a look at the undefeated San Francisco 49ers. Take a look at the way Russell Wilson is playing with the Seattle Seahawks. Take a look at the way a Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Breesless, New Orleans Saints is still getting the job done. And take a look at the NFC North where nobody's got a losing record. Take a look at all of it. And then tell me the way that team played on Sunday that the Eagles have any shot of making the playoffs besides winning the division. You want to make it to the playoffs, you beat the Dallas Cowboys. 
You can't get swept by the Dallas Cowboys like you did last year and hope you sneak into the playoffs with Nick Foles. Ain't going to happen. You can't split with the Dallas Cowboys this year. You got to sweep the Dallas Cowboys, win the division, and that is your only chance of making the 2019 NFL playoffs. We got a lot to get into today, oh, yeah. guys. We got a lot, including some breaking news that just popped off right before Gail walked through the door all heated. Not that I'm not heated enough already, but Mr. Gail Saunders, Eagle Sessions on Twitter. How are you doing this evening? Uh, a little little heated, man. A little little upset. Uh, the words that keep going through my head are nonchalant-ass mother-fathers. Uh, this, <laughs> this Eagles franchise uh, and, and this football team and, and the organization – uh, I think we we need to show a sense of urgency because at this moment we sit here at three and three. Uh, we're playing basic ball. Uh, you know I you know I you know I don't like doing predictions. You guys force me to do them every year. I did pick the the, the Vikings to uh, beat beat our Eagles. Um, and one of the one of the things that just stands out um, is the secondary, dude. Mm-hmm. Th- these cornerbacks. And just with the breaking news of Jalen Ramsey, uh, you know the the Rams trading for him. Yeah, it's you have you to. You think he could have helped? Of course, <laughs> of course. I think that I mean, was rhetorical. I, you know, it, it's it's a matter of like making moves. And in the, in the last two years, teams on a Super Bowl runs have made bold moves. The 2017 Patriots gave up a first, a third for Brandon Cooks, and they rec- recouped uh, Rams first. 2018 Rams signed uh, Ndamukong Sue, 14 million, traded a first and a sixth for Brandon Cooks, a third and a fifth for Dante Fowler, a second and a fourth for Marcus Peters, a fifth for Akib Talib. That's called making moves when there's a window. And I think this Eagles team has to realize that there's a window. I know, I know you, have to, you have to ball on a budget, but you also have to realize that the window is in place, and you have to make some bold moves at, at, at some, some, some times of urgency. The loss against the Minnesota Vikings was incredibly frustrating for multiple reasons, but one of the biggest reasons was it, it, it exposed, and exposed is too, too bold of a word, because we all knew it going into the season. We all had our reservations about this positional group, but it, but it, it highlighted the fatal flaw of the Philadelphia Eagles. And when I say fatal flaw, I don't that, that doesn't mean they're not going to be able to compete because I think they can compete. When I say f- fatal flaw, I don't mean that they can't beat the Dallas Cowboys because I think they will go down there and beat the Dallas Cowboys. When I say fatal flaw, I don't mean that they won't win the division because ultimately I do think that the Philadelphia Eagles will win the division. But eventually, at some point... This flaw is going to catch up to you and cost you in the playoffs and stuff like that. And that is the defensive secondary. Mm-hmm. It is a unique positional group to suck at. Because if your offensive line is suspect, you can do things to help the offensive line. Max protect, bring the tight ends in. Your running backs are going to chip, help protect the quarterback. If your wide receivers aren't getting separation, you can do things schematically to manufacture separation. A lot, a lot of which the Eagles were trying to do, ultimately failing at, but trying to do there in Minnesota, where they were using bubble screens and wide receiver screens and sort of jet motion sort of mm-hmm. th- to manufacture that type of separation. If your defensive line sucks, you can do things to help them out. Blitzing, bringing in a linebacker, uh, uh, doing stunts, as our man Trey Thomas says, the TEs and the ETs and all that. If your secondary blows... You are in a uniquely bad position because those dudes are out there on an island all to themselves. And it has become clear that the concern that I and many Eagles fans had going into the season, whereas, look, you've got quantity, but you don't got quality. The good news is all your backups have starting experience. The bad news is all your backups have starting experience due to injuries and what manifests itself. Jalen Mills, who's coming back this week, has yet to see the field. If any of the other injured players that came back prove anything to you, it takes about four weeks in order for you to get your sea legs underneath you to be able to play. So how much is Jalen Mills going to help out? Ronald Darby is coming back. Ronald Darby is Byron Maxwell with dreadlocks. 
tell me otherwise. <laughs> yeah, wrong. Yeah. You, you know, you, uh, uh, I mean, and, in, and Ronald Darby is a move that you, uh, you know, you brought him back. Yeah. You know, you gave him some money, but you know, not a lot of money, but, you know, there's incentives in there. You got a bunch there. of guys. But a guy coming off an ACL injury, he's, he's dealing with hamstring injuries. Uh, you know, a hamstring and a foot is a thing that happens with Eagle, only Eagles corners. I mean, it, it's, just, it's going around the room. Uh, I think, you know, just the way that, you know, the thing that's concerning me now is the communication issues between the, the cornerbacks and the safeties. I mean, you, you have uh, Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen running wide open. Uh, you have cornerbacks and safeties looking at each other like, where are you? Like, that's the concerning part about, uh, you know, like it's one thing to get beat as a corner and have safety help over the top. But when you don't have safety help due to communication issues, that's an issue. And, and you, you see Malcolm Jenkins talking about, uh, you know, you know he's, he's, he's putting out a message. Um, you know, you know, kind of calling some of the, the corners maybe suckers, you know? I, I sort of got that calling out kind of vibe from hearing Doug that Doug Peterson alluded to it like last week in, in terms of Sidney Jones and working through his issues and, and you know, kind of toughening up. And, and, and it's, it's sad to see the Sidney Jones season brand and Sewell Island brand got put on full blast mm-hmm. this week. Yeah, I've been, I've, been, I've been taking L's all season long. Because not only did I th- was I hyping up Sidney Jones as the reincarnation of 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 uh, Asante Samuel, and that has failed. He's not the reincarnation of Asante Samuel. He is defensive Nelson Aguilar, where it's just a complete lack of confidence. Yeah. You know, in his own head, not confident at all, doing the wrong things. Like like what like what, this, Oh my God! This but, was supposed you know. to be the guy. This was supposed to be our number one. And he is getting chewed up on double moves. Oh, by the way, another L that E-Rock took this offseason. I was all hyped up about the signing of Zach Brown. Oh, yeah. He's back on tour now, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 no, yeah, no. He, 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 he got the band back together? <laughs> He's got nothing else going on on Sundays? Yeah, I had such high hopes for that yeah. linebacker. A, a veteran linebacker, a run stuffer, a sure tackler. Maybe the best run stuffing linebacker that we've had since Jeremiah Trotter. <laughs> nope. Uh, E-Rock's yeah. gone wrong again. Dude, I'm taking just as many L's this, this season as, as the team is. You it's tr- frustrating. You threw Asante Samuel's name and Jeremiah Trotter's name comparing them to players on this team. Right? I know. But you, you call, I feel dirty about it. Remember you called Corey Clement uh, Westbrook? Oh, God. <laughs> Evan Hollywood Hearn, how are you doing this evening? <laughs> Son of a... How am I doing today? How do, you, how do you think I'm doing today? I mean, I feel like a kid who just got his Fortnite taken from a man. Like <laughs> Um, Dude, I I came in here last week and I said, we got to have an honest conversation about Jim Schwartz. And my stance hasn't changed. uh, We go into another game with another 100-yard receiver. And let's just stop at 100-yard receiver. How about 100 yards before the half again? Stephon Diggs throw another 100 yards on uh, on the Eagles defense before the half. There's no safeties going down and helping. I don't understand how... Howie didn't make this trade happen. I know we're going to get to the Jalen Ramsey talk. Well, let's get we into got, it. Let's get. Let's, well, let's I'm, go I'm right saying in. we've got, even if it wasn't Jalen Ramsey, mm. we are hemorrhaging mm. at the defensive back position, and we desperately need help. And the fact that we're making no motion towards that, like we, we've got guys that are clearly not capable of performing their duties right now. So the fact that we're going week in and week out with an understaffed crew, I, I don't get it. I mean, the receivers are getting theirs. Uh, every week, I mean, McLo- Terry McLaurin, five catches, 125. Yeah. YPC, 25 yeah. yards, a touchdown. Julio Jones, 5-106, uh, 21.2, two touchdowns. Marvin Jones, six catches, 101, 16.8, one touchdown. Devontae Adams, 10 catches, 180, 18 yards a catch. Stephon Diggs, seven catches, 167, 23.9, three touchdowns. And with all that going on, all of that happening, Zach Brown, glad he's off the team. That's fine. He had the gall to say that we want to put it in the hands of the quarterback. Our, our DBs, week in and week out, are getting torn up. And you're I, saying, I said the same thing. And you're, and you're saying that we need the quarterback to beat us? The quarterback has beaten us. G. Willikers. Every, every game that we've lost. I don't, I don't know what it is about the Philadelphia Eagles that makes Kirk Cousins look like Joe Montana. He's 6-3 and three versus the Eagles now. 6-3. Six, six I had to go back and look at the numbers because, like, like I – 
For those of you that are old enough to remember the Cardinals in the NFC East, and I know I'm dating myself a little bit here, there was a guy by the name of Jake Plummer. Jake, Jake the Pl- Snake. Jake, Jake the, the snake. snake looked like trash. Yeah. He was a trash quarterback, except when he played the Eagles. And and it's almost like Kirk Cousins is the reincarnation that Ned Flanders jerk <laughs> is a reincarnation of Jake Plummer. And I, ha- I, I honestly, I had to go back and look at the numbers. Because I, I was wondering, am I just conjuring this up in my head? Are these uh, EFF stats? These are EFF stats. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Eagles, or, or Kirk Cousins, lifetime versus the Eagles. 306 yards, 2.3 touchdowns, .67 interceptions, and on average, a 102.1 passer rating. Suck. Go look up his career stats. Those the are significantly... Those are significantly, significantly higher than his career stats. I didn't write down his career stats, but I was just looking like, every time he plays us, he has a great game. I don't get it. What is it about Kirk Cousins, the Eagles, that makes this guy look like Dan Marino? Maybe the corners. Maybe our DBs are basic. Well, you you know, you you mentioned Jim Schwartz. Like, we got to have an honest conversation about Jim Schwartz. Again, I, I, I took a look at, like, the big passing plays, and you can either blame Jim Schwartz or you can blame the talent. And as much as I want to point the finger at Jim Schwartz and say, your scheme sucks, and sometimes it does, it's an overall, like, what is he supposed to do with those DBs? Just let me run through this before you answer that. First big play of the game, the Thielen inverted Tampa 2. Safety was covering. The safety was covering. The guy was covered. First touchdown pass to Thielen. Sid is uh, is outside 101, five yards off the line, gets juke, double move. Um, almost a touchdown by Thielen. If you remember, Kirk Cousins threw up like a punt, like it was like it was just shot put mm-hmm. it in the air. Malcolm Jenkins was defending, almost a touchdown. Diggs' his first touchdown, Douglas got burned. It looks like he's jogging out there. He just can't keep up with the guy. Mm-hmm. Diggs, second touchdown. Both wide receivers are open. Miscommunication by Jenkins. My grand, I'm watching the, the game at my mother's house. My grandmother, who none of you met, she's a 90-year-old sweet little lady. She screams at the TV. JFC, they're both open. You could have taken your pick. If my 90-year-old grandmother can see it, you could tell me that Kirk Cousins in the pocket isn't going to see it right there. Uh, even the interception by Sendejo bounced off of Diggs' face mask. Jones was burned on that out route. Diggs' third touchdown. Craig J. It's just unfair. Diggs has become the first Vikings wide receiver with two 50-plus yard touchdown receptions since Randy Moss in, two, in the year 2000. Making Diggs look like Randy Moss. L- making Diggs yeah. look like Randy Moss. The moral of the story here is Jim Schwartz, what is he supposed to do? There, is, there either is a schematic problem or there's a lack of talent problem. And what I see is a lack of talent problem. I, I think it's both. I mean, I think you have to – Put your players in a position to win. Now, like on a third and thirteen, you have nuanced route runners in Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen. On third and thirteen, go back and look at the play in slow mo. Adam Thielen goes untouched for thirteen yards, runs right through the defense, and it's like time after time, like you have Adam Thielen by the goal line mm-hmm. against Sidney Jones. Uh, you know. He's playing seven off, seven yards off of Adam Thielen. He's down by the goal line. There's at some certain point you have to trust the cornerback's athletic ability, God-given talent. That's why he's got drafted in the second round after tearing Achilles. Yeah. Man up, you know, it, like you're putting in these players in a, in a position to fail. You think you think. You know, I played wide receiver in college. Any time I had off coverage, I was like, thank God, bro. Like, you're making it easy for me. And you, you see Stefan Diggs, and that's why I, I, it was going to be a trouble for the this, this secondary, just knowing Diggs and Thielen are nuanced route runners. They create separation so easy. So just go, moving forward, thinking about, uh, you know, these corners and, and Jim Schwartz and what they're going to do, you're going to have to have a perfect matchup for our corners for us to be successful. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at uh, – Ronald Darby, the dude tore his ACL trying to cover <laughs> Amari Cooper last year. Yeah. Go back and look at that one. I mean, it's just you know, and Sidney Jones's hamstring, and 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 it's it's just it's a it's a the concerns that I had and many Eagles fans shared going into the season have been realized because it's a it was a quantity versus quality issue at the defensive back. 
We were worried that the pass rush was not going to be effective. Michael Bennett, who now has been suspended by the New England Patriots for conduct detrimental to the team. I have no idea what that means, but I'm not surprised by it. <laughs> uh, Derek Barnett, boo, is in the chamber. He's, he's around the ball, but he's not getting there. He's not getting. Is he a difference maker? So we were worried about the defensive backfield. That concern has been realized. We were worried about the defensive line. That concern has been realized. It's just unless they unless they physically go and address this, it is going to be the fatal flaw of the fit, which then begs the question. We circle back around to the Jalen Ramsey thing. Like, listen, all you know, you guys knew where I stood on the Jalen Ramsey thing. I didn't think it was going to happen. I thought it was a multi-layered uh, uh, issue. It was a multi-layered, uh, not issue, but but a but a deal that had a lot of layers to it. It wasn't going to be as easy as just throwing a couple first-round picks at, at, at Khan and saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it turns out it was that simple. It turns out it was just that simple. You know, everyone was like, well, maybe, you know. You guys, you guys laughed when I said whatever it takes, two firsts. You're like, nah, come on, nah. That yeah. was three weeks ago. Listen, I'm, I, yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to deny my own hypocrisy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> when, I, when I when I hear two first round picks, I get a little tight. I'm like, ooh, that's Andre Dillard and Derek Barnett. Ooh, and then maybe a fourth. But it's also round Marcus Smith. Yeah, but it's also Marcus Smith. You are right. It's also Marcus Smith and Danny Watkins. It's also that. It's but it's Earth. also also Lane Johnson. Yeah. But now that the deal has been done, and apparently it seemed as straightforward as it looked. I don't know what the hell the delay was for, but now that it seems as straightforward as it looked, I'll be honest with you, a little pissed off. Yeah. I mean, it was rumored that the Eagles offered a first and a second um, a couple weeks back, Mm -hmm. and they they said no to that. And then uh, just recently, you know, Jalen Ramsey had a talk with um, the owner from the Jaguars. Shotgun. And uh, it seems like they loosened up, and they were like, all right, this is not going to happen. And they opened the floodgates. And the Rams, like like I said, Rams – Early in the show, I said I, I laid it out there. How aggressive were they last year in making moves? Yeah, but all and, that for three points. In the but Super yeah, but Bowl. I'm saying they they needed to do that. All that for three get, points. In the they needed. But they were in the Super Bowl. They needed to do that this. to get the Super Bowl. Let me add, if if let they me didn't make those this. moves, let they would have not this. made the Super Bowl. Let me ask you this: Do you think that Rams are going to the Super Bowl now? I don't. I don't. Uh, Did the Rams scare you any more than they were? No. I, I know they have a f- phenomenal defensive tackle that's giving you pressure up. Up the middle, one of the the top notch interior pressure makers in the league, and now you have Jalen Ramsey as your corner, mm. and I think it, it, that combination, Jaylen, Jaylen no, uh, that combination, <laughs> that combination is kind of crazy. Jalen Ramsey listen, and listen, Aaron listen, Donald. I, come I, on now. I get it. You can you can take a look at at the at the drafts. And you can look at who the Eagles have picked up and say that could have easily went to the Jaguars. Who, by the way, not surprised that they kind of bone the Eagles if the Eagles were offering anywhere close to that. Because this is the same organization that said, screw you, we're not going to give you anything for Nick Foles. Yeah. Remember, th- th- that was the match made in heaven. Nick Foles going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Hey, can you give us something? Anything? Can you give us anything? Can you give us anything? And they didn't. That was a good holdout on their part because they got what they wanted, though. Then they got what they wanted. They got what they wanted, but like it, the thing that is aggravating by boning the Eagles. The thing that's aggravating to me is it doesn't even it didn't even need to be Jalen Ramsey. It could be any guy. We just need help right now on the defensive backs. I brought up earlier uh, before the show Minka Fitzpatrick and what he's done for the Steelers defense since he go through the stats because this is interesting. Yeah. So uh, before the Steelers added Minka Fitzpatrick, they were allowing thirty point five uh, yards per game, four hundred and forty five. Uh, I'm sorry, thirty point five points per game. 445 yards per game and uh, 320 passing yards per game. After acquiring Minka Fitzpatrick, they have set, they're averaging 17.7 points per game, 296 yards per game, 169 of them being passing yards. And that's also two takeaways to 10 takeaways. He's obviously caused a, a, a huge turnaround for that Steelers team. And he, he's helping them stay in that division. We need help desperately at the defensive back position. If we stay at the status quo of what we're at right now, the the same is just going to continue to happen. We're going to continue week in and week out to get torn up. You know, they, you know, people have been talking about Chris Harris for the Broncos. We've been talk, talking about him for the last couple of shows. Like he has some experience with uh, Corey Unlin. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's uh, you know, he's a thirty year old who's probably looking for another contract next year. But you get him uh, at a cheaper rate. Uh, you know, Patrick Peterson, another, another guy who's been kind of rumored that like teams have been trying to make offers for him. And, you know, the Eagles have always 
you know, had that 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 love for Patrick Peterson. Yeah, would have uh, been nice like ten years ago. I mean, that trade could have went ha- went and happened if it wasn't for the uh, was that the uh, they they were going to trade Kevin Cobb and but that fell through. Oh, we got DRC. Yeah, yeah. I mean, then there's Xavier Howard from the Dolphins. Um, but you know that's a that's a that's a they, long they, shot. They they need to go out and get some. Right now, I'm just scrolling through the timeline. I'm just looking through because there is a lot of how we hate right now. There's a lot of pointing the finger at Howie. And listen, I'm not going to sit here and defend the guy because now seeing as straightforward as it was, I'm sitting here going, well, geez, if that's all that it took, maybe Howie Roseman should have done it. But the thing is, like, like you came in super hot, right? Yeah. I, I, even, I even caught it on Instagram, posted it on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, came, you came in super hot saying that we don't draft well, hence the reason why you should get picks. And, and, and Howie's getting blamed a lot for that as well. Here's one of the things I wanted to ask. Like, like if you take a look at the last three drafts, right? How he gets a lot of blame for wasting a lot of picks. Why isn't that put on Joe Douglas? Joe Douglas defender numero uno. The Joe Douglas stand number one. I mean, he, he, Why? he brought in players. Because he brought in players, but that's Howie's job. Like, Howie's job is the trade for but, Deshaun Jackson. But, but Howie's I, job is the trade... For for the running back, but I, I felt like Joe Douglas was the football guy who guided him to certain players that he picked along the way. And well, the, and, and, the la- and the la- let's go over the last three drafts because we're talking about these picks. Would you do it? Wouldn't you do it? How he sucks. How he doesn't suck. 2019 Andre Dillard, uh, Miles Sanders, JJ. Where you at? Where you at? Uh, Sharif Miller, Clayton Thorson, who's a fifth-round pick, who's no longer on the team, is actually with the Dallas Cowboys right now. 2018, Dallas, uh, Dirt, you got Avante Maddox, a jack-of-all-trades, but uh, but hurt at the moment. Josh Sweat, who's yet to really make any sort of impact. Matt Pryor, who's buried on the offensive line depth chart. And Jordan Blotta, who I believe is on injured reserve. 2017, the draft class that needed to make a major impact on this season for the Eagles to be successful. Derek Barnett, Sidney Jones, Razul Douglas, Mac Hollins, Donnell Pumphrey, who, by the way, seventh round pick of the XFL draft. Oh, congratulations. Congratulations, Pumphrey. Donnell. Shelton Gibson. Shelton Gibson, uh, Nate Gary, Elijah Qualls. So if, if, if Joe Douglas was in charge of putting together these draft boards, and we were all high fighting, and I was saying, hey, great pick, Howie. No, it's not Howie. It's Joe Douglas. Why is Howie getting all the hate for the draft picks? I mean, he has the last word, doesn't he? He has the last word, but he's going off a list like a, like a dude who's late for his fantasy football draft who stopped by a CVS to go get himself a list, <laughs> like one of those magazines that Joe Douglas created. <laughs> I, 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 just, I bring this up only because I want the, the Howie hate to settle down. Like, like, okay, listen, he might have oh, – you're, you're gritting your teeth. He might have dropped the proverbial ball on this trade. You don't know what discussions were going back and forth, and you he, don't know what discussions were I know what over. discussions weren't going back and forth. Two firsts and a fourth. That wasn't going back and forth. He, he went with the first and the second. Yeah. Shadow's like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, I, I just think, like, there's opportunities, and you have to strike – while it's hot, mm-hmm. I mean, that's at the end of the day. It's we're twelve and ten since the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Twelve and ten. That's basically average. Sure. You have to see that your your weaknesses, and you have to forecast these these opportunities. You, you know, you know how he was, you know, licking his chops when this opportunity arose. Like Jalen Jalen Ramsey is almost going to be available. Come, do the deal, the man. Thing, the thing is that there's been multiple top tier cornerbacks that have been available. And we haven't really pursued them enough. We had Marcus Peters went today, and Jalen Ramsey went today. We had Minka Fitzpatrick go, not, and we're not trying to get any of them. Hard I mean, if, and if it makes sense, I mean, we're talking about age. You know, Jalen Ramsey's what twenty four. It's not like you're P- Patrick Peters is twenty nine. Chris Harris is thirty. There's no like you. You get Jalen R- Ramsey, you have a future in place at, at the cornerback position. You know what I mean? I get what you're saying, but when we have a team that's just continually getting chewed up week in and week out, I don't understand how we do nothing. No, I, I'm, I'm still saying make, make, make another move and, and let all these corners that we have, mm-hmm. you, I, you, can, you can fight for that other position. <laughs> I am trying so hard as we talk our way through this, this Jalen Ramsey thing and this secondary thing and the draft thing. and the, mm-hmm. 
I'm trying really hard to be Team Howie right now. I'm trying to talk myself into, much like I tried to talk myself into Sidney Jones being a good cornerback and Zach Brown being one of the more underrated free agents. I'm trying to talk myself into being Team Howie right now. Yeah, I mean... But but Gail, I got to be honest with you, now that it's happened, I'm a little upset by it. You have a right to be. Yeah, I was driving and I got the text and my, my ears just got hot. And I, and I was like, I'm going to swerve off the road right quick. And, um, you know, all my friends and my, my family's like text me, you know, Jalen Ramsey's going to the Rams. I mean, like, I, I was like, I was just more upset with how it went down. I'm like, this that, is just, that, that was a doable trade. This has just been an overall extremely annoying weekend. This has just been an overall annoying weekend with the way the Eagles played. To All right, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Did what Doug Peterson say on Monday bother you? The nonchalant answer? Nonchalant answer. No. Which the, one? The, 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 the we're going to go down there and we're going to win. Oh, the... Did that bother you? I just think he has to even... He has to think about what he's saying. I mean, you know, I understand, like, coach speak, but then you're on the radio and that could be used against you again like I I know I know what he meant but I also know how it could be taken that's what I was thinking too because I mean I was listening to it live and I was in a cranky mood Monday morning and to, and to hear Doug Peterson all of a sudden like look it's eight th- eight o'clock on a Monday morning I don't need you flexing right now Doug mm-hmm. not after you just got your ass kicked by the by the Minnesota Vikings I don't I don't I don't need you flex because not only that but it was like an un like he wasn't at, hey Doug do you think you're gonna win the game no he just kind of threw it out there yeah. kind of spoke I, into I, existence I, sort of yeah I was like I, all right I, I I talked to Ike Reese yesterday and I was like what did you think about that because he didn't seem to mind it and he was like Doug knew what he was doing he put that out there he put that into the atmosphere mm-hmm. he did that as a motivational a little challenge to the player. a little a little challenge to the players and I'm sitting here thinking it's the Dallas Cowboys. Why would you need to throw that into existence? Yeah. Like, did we not learn anything from Zach Brown talking about how he might be the weakest link? Yeah. Like, and I realized that what Doug said wasn't that mean or that degrading or that brazen or bold. It was pretty brazen. But no, but you're putting it out to, a, to your radio show in the morning. Mm-hmm. The segment that you do in the morning, you know damn right well WIP is going to take that clip and they're going to isolate it. Yeah. And then they're going to slap it on every form of social media that they can and say that Doug Peterson guaranteed a win. What was going to, what happened? They did exactly that. And then you knew what was going to happen. The Dallas beat writers were going to get a hold of it and that's exactly what they did. And all of a sudden they started using it for fuel. If you don't think that that has an effect on the players, the co- players and coaches and teams will manufacture disrespect in order to motivate their team. The Dallas Cowboys lost the last three games. They're, ma- they're going to take that and manufacture disrespect. We went on a Super Bowl run with men. I don't want to say manufactured disrespect, but we took a look at a Vegas line mm-hmm. and felt nobody said nothing. That's where the underdog thing came from. Nobody said nothing. And we took a look at the line and felt that was disrespect. Let me ask you something, Gail. If that was... Uh, 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 Clappy McClapperson on the other side, and they said well, we're going to go up to Philadelphia and we're going to win that game and we're going to be ahead we of. We would the... use it as fuel. You use it as fool. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. If the shoe was on the other foot, we'd be saying, "Oh, really, Jason?" Gale? Let, let me ask you this though: Is it not some cojones to walk in the day after getting blasted, and the only thing your team has done is made yourself thinner by re- releasing Zach Brown to walk in and guarantee a win? I We've mean, done nothing but make ourselves thinner since that since that Vikings loss. Yeah, well, I think Zach Brown. He, it's it's not just the comment. I think you know if you watch his play, the, the word nonchalant keeps popping because if you see his play, you're like, yep. dude, like yep. you're the starting linebacker for the Philadelphia Eagles. Right okay, now. so so it's, who's starting? Show some pride here. Uh, I mean, well, you, you know, Kamu's coming back. Like he's Kamu's back. He's almost back back. Um, but you know, Nigel right now is hurt. Nate but, Gary. Right. Yeah, Gary will. We'll it's step, a, it, step in and TJ Edwards. It's another positional group where you got a bunch of guys. I mean, they might have known that this move was coming prior to the comment, regardless, because they 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 signed that dude that from the Falcons that was dancing in the locker room after Duke they kicked it. Yeah, Duke Riley. Yeah. I mean, they brought him on. All of a sudden, you revisit that Duke Riley trade and you go, oh, maybe this was in the making. Yeah. And Eagles fans, if you have any question as to why Zach Brown was released, uh, ignore the comments. Go back and look at the eleven to fifteen minute highlight film that the NFL always puts out of like the, the game highlights watch number 52 
Watch all the bad angles. Watch him nonchalantly out of place, out of place, nonchalantly run down the sidelines and not make a tackle. Watch him, watch him whiff on tackles. Watch him just nonchalantly, like not want to engage in blocks. And, and you're seeing teams start to take advantage of him in space, you know, in coverage. So I think you know, T.J. Edwards, uh, you know, he was an undrafted linebacker that we, that we brought in. He, he's showed out. I mean, he's a cerebral player. I think they like what they saw from him. He got some snaps at the back of uh, the game last uh, last week. So I think, you know, they they got some guys that they think they can win with. I think Nigel Bradham. You got to hope that he. You it's know, not as serious. Yeah, because I mean, around here you can be day to year. You know, day to day, week to week, day to year. We're about thirty three minutes into this show. We've <laughs> talked about the Vikings. We've talked about the Eagles. We've talked about Jim Schwartz. We've talked about Zach Brown. Uh, we got a game coming up. Yeah. Against the hated division rival. It's Dallas week. It's Dallas week. Let's go. Yeah, it's Dallas. You got any juice for this game? I do. I do. Okay, good, I, good. I, I'm glad you got the I juice love, for this game because yeah. give give it to me. Give it to me. Dude, there's nothing better than there's nothing better than playing against our number one. I mean, I think it's fair to say that like most Eagles fans, if you were to ask around, their most hated division rival is the Cowboys. Most a lot of people say the Giants just because uh, they're right up the the interstate, but there's something about that person from Philadelphia who's never stepped foot in Texas that grows up a Dallas Cowboys fan that just has this burning hate in my body. Mm. So mm. I always get up for Dallas Week. Even, even when we, we, we had the dream team, I had the power to get up for the Dallas for Dallas Week. So no problem this week. Gail, you ready for Dallas? Always ready. I mean, these are your rivals. I mean, if you have to get up, then you have issues. Like, you should always know that – Come rival time, like you, you put your best, uh, you know, uh, foot forward, and I think it's opportunity to go down in, in Jerry World and lay the smackdown. You know, obviously we have injuries, yeah, but they have injuries too, mm. and I think you know they've lost three in a row. They've lost you know, three in a row. You, you yeah. can't spell Dallas without three L's right now. Nice. So uh, you know, obviously giving them a four L, four L in a row, that would be Dal- amazing. Dallas. Yeah, Dallas. <laughs> Uh, and uh, you know, Tyron Tyron Smith is injured. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, I mean, Lyle the good, Collins is injured. The good news Amari is Amari Cooper is injured. Yeah. Oh, uh, By, um, Byron Jones has a, a hamstring. Yeah. I mean, we they not that I'm excited about their injuries. Yes, you are. I'm just saying. Okay. You can say. I'm just. I'm just. We have injuries. Time. We have injuries too. So, but I think that it's a perfect opportunity. And don't all those in- don't all those injuries perfectly line up with like the weaknesses of this Philadelphia they Eagles do. team, they where do. you can hopefully take advantage and go down on Sunday Night Football in front of a national audience, kind of steal one away from it. Mm-hmm. Mari Cooper quad only three snaps against the Jets, uh, lifetime sixteen receptions, two hundred ninety two yards, three touchdowns. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, not lifetime, but in two thousand eighteen alone. Oh, even better, sixteen receptions, two hundred ninety-two yards, three touchdowns. Collins uh, on the offensive line, questionable with an MCL. Tyron Smith, questionable with an ankle. Randall Cobb, also their other receiving yeah, yep, option, mm-hmm. uh, missed uh, the New York Jets game with a back. Uh, their number one and number two receivers, if Cobb and Cooper aren't able to go, we're going to be Michael Gallup and uh, Tavon Austin. Which, listen, they can still burn this defensive backfield, but at least it gives you somewhat of a leg up on, on what they're doing. It is, ama- like, it is amazing, Dallas fans. Please, please, in my mentions, do not come and talk to me with the injury excuse when, not if, when the Eagles <laughs> win this game. Do not come at me with the injury excuse because the Eagles have had injuries the last three seasons. Yeah. And the reason why you won that division last year, the reason why you swept the Philadelphia Eagles, why did you beat the Eagles last time in Jerry World? Why did it happen? What happened at the end? It was Razul Douglas, a backup cornerback, covering Amari Cooper, and an act of God bounced out of his hands. Why was Razul Douglas in that game? Because of injury. So I don't want to hear Jack from these Dallas Cowboys fans who are constantly in my mentions making up excuses about injuries. I love I, I love the Dallas fans constantly in my mentions talking about you know yeah. five is greater than one five is greater than one five is greater than one. You click on these people's profile pictures and they're like twelve years old. They just hit puberty. What do you mean five is? They don't even is, know what a VHS is. Yeah, they, and that's yeah, the only yeah, thing that the exactly. Super Bowls are they weren't on. even alive for these Super Bowls. So please, Dallas Cowboys, leave those tweets in your drafts. I don't want to hear Jack about injuries and making excuses when the Eagles go down there and win. But 
they have to do a certain number of things in order to win. And that is, and Ron Jaworski had amazing stats, and I don't have them in front of me, but go look at his Twitter feed. He has amazing stats on Dak Prescott's completion percentage and his quarterback rating when he hits his first read versus when he has to look around and go to maybe his second. He is a one-read quarterback. In other words, what you did against the Packers, the defensive movement, kind of disguising, making sure that Aaron Rodgers did not have the same read post-snap as he did pre-snap, if you can do that against Dak Prescott, it is going to force Dak Prescott into a position that he is uncomfortable with, and that is searching for receivers. By the way, his two main targets, hopefully, won't be there. So that means that you can stack the box, you can stop Ezekiel Elliott, it, it, it starts with Zeke, it ends with Zeke, it also, in the passing game, starts with taking away Dak Prescott's primary read. I mean, and, and the thing that, like, plays to us in our strengths is we're, we're still good against run. I, yeah. I, you, you, can, you can say whatever about us against the pass. Number two in the NFL. We were number uh, one last we're, week. We're, we're really good against the run, and I think if you make them one-dimensional and then have Dak with no targets, Dak, Dak could be running around looking for, uh, you know, making mistakes. You know, I, I feel like Pressure bust pipes, and I think it's a great opportunity for them to like dial up the pressure. The Eagles opened up as two and a half point underdogs against the uh, Dallas Cowboys. You know what that says to me? Vegas is not too confident in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Vegas is because you get three just for being the home team, and with the same record, mm-hmm. Vegas is not that confident in the Dallas Cowboys, especially with the injuries. Let's uh, let's wrap this thing up. Let's let's go with the Twitter questions. Let's hit us uh, hit us with the Twitter questions. Alrighty, so. Uh, Eagles fan 240 wants to know, when do we finally start holding Howie accountable for his terrible drafts and fantasy football style of management? I don't think it's a fantasy football style of management. If you go back, and again, I'm going to be Team Howie on this one. If you go back and look at the offseason moves during, during this season and even last season, right? He was stacking them up. Like, let's not have revisionist history because Malik Jackson or Timmy Jernigan got injured or Deshaun Jackson's dealing with an abdominal strain, which, by the way, I have completely written off Deshaun Jackson for the remainder of the season. Anything that he gives us moving forward is going to be gravy, is going to be icing on the cake. When you have, All they keep doing is dancing around sports hernia. They don't want to say the word, sports hernia. Hmm. So I honestly think he's either had a surgery or he's going to have a surgery a eventually. surgery. Well, just to correct what's going on, because I've had a hernia, and that—that's that, your core, man. That's what—that's uh, what connects the top to the bottom. And when that ain't right, none of it's right. And if his game is speed, that's going to slow him down. I digress. The Howie Roseman thing. Let's not have revisionist history and take a look at the off-season moves and say that we weren't all psyched as hell before the season going into it with the moves that he made. He made a lot of them. The Eagles had a very busy off-season. And again, I'll point to the drafts. Like you want to talk about bad drafting. Joe Douglas was brought in to stack this board. So if you want to look at Howie Roseman and say that your picks suck, remember that he was handcuffed to Joe Douglas this entire time with the draft. We got a Super Bowl while Joe Douglas was here. I love you, Joe Douglas. But did that have anything to do with Joe Douglas or his draft? Did that have anything to do with Joe Douglas? Of course. Besides his connection with Jay Ajayi in Miami, did that have anything to do with Connections with the Ravens? That was afterwards. No. He, he, he bringing in Timmy, Timmy Jernigan? Bring, yeah, you, uh, Alshon Jeffrey? Ooh. Yeah, you know. I mean, can I – you want me to keep going? No, no. No, you win this round. I'll get you next well, round. I mean, how, how Roseman, I get, I'll get you next round. I'll get you next round. I just think Howie Roseman has to right the ship. Like he's – And he, I think he can. you, you got to right can. the ship right now. I think he can. Howie. I think the reason uh, why you have a Super Bowl right now is large in part – on the shoulders of Howie, Ro- on those little tiny ass shoulders. How we, how we best have a trade in the chamber? All right, I think he does. Let, I think he does. Let's stick with that. Let's stay in that vein right now, because Andrew Atheist wants to know: Are we only Reese's one- guy? Yes, the Reese's guy. Are we really only one cornerback away from being a contending team? I think we're a contending team right now, and I do think we're one cornerback away from. Do, do, do I want to say Super Bowl ready? I like. Mm. Isn't that what you mean by contending? Yeah, but I think we're contending right now. Like I think we can contend right now. But contend means you can win the division, you can get into the playoffs. What you do from there on out is is once you get into the. I'm dance, not confident at all in the second in the secondary right now. 
I I'm not. Think, listen, I, I'm not. I'm not going to lie to you and say that I'm, I'm. I'm. I'm high on the secondary, or or um, I'm confident that it's a crucial piece, though. But it's, it's a crucial piece. But just like the Rams, just like I asked Gail a couple minutes ago, like, yo, okay, so the Rams got Jalen Ramsey. Are they Super Bowl contenders now? Does that make them a contending team? They got a shot. They got a. Oh, certainly they got a shot. It's an upgrade. I mean, Jalen Ramsey over. I mean, uh, Marcus Peters is a huge upgrade. Yeah. But I, I, are, I, you know. are, are they? One, I don't think they're one piece away from being Super Bowl bound. However, I think I think they're in this weird tweener stage, where even if you address the cornerback issue, you're still going to have issues along. The, listen, your cornerbacks can cover as well as anybody in the league. If you can't get pressure on the quarterback, he's going to have all day to throw the ball. You can. Deion Sanders could only cover a man for a certain amount of time. I mean, you th- you th- I think if they get the right player in here, you strengthen enough the maybe the right side of the defense. But I think you're a stronger defense I think not only just corners I'm talking about injuries this team has dealt with tons of injuries Malcolm Jenkins alluded to it you don't know what type of uh you know uh, how they're going to call the game because they don't know who's healthy yet so I think those getting those integral pieces back in place like a I hate you know Jalen Mills and and, and Ronald Darby at least you know the communication is going to be sound between the corners and the safeties. Andrew, to answer your question, I don't know if the Eagles are just one piece, specifically one cornerback piece, away from being Super Bowl contenders, but I hope we find out. I hope he makes the move, and I hope we find out. All right. Um, Matthew Blythe wants to know, is it time to pull the plug on Sydney? It's not time to pull the plug on Sydney. However, it's time to start exploring other options. In other words, the I just referred to him as defensive Nelson Aguilar, right? Mm-hmm. Lack of confidence, kind of not, kind of kind of awkward. Doesn't really doesn't really know where he fits. Isn't playing up to the way he can play. And then you realize, like, oh, when we go and get an Alshon Jeffrey with the emergence of Zach Ertz, when we go get a Deshaun Jackson, or at least another one of the or another wide receiver, a Torrey Smith, and all of a sudden Nelson Aguilar doesn't have to be the guy. All of a sudden, he starts to shine. And then when he goes back, when Alshon Jeffrey goes down, when Deshaun Jackson goes down and he's got to be the guy again, again, he turtles up. Yeah. Maybe that's Sidney Jones. Maybe Sidney Jones can't be the guy. He can't be Revis Island. He can't be one of those premier Jalen Ramsey-type corners where you can just say, hey, half the field is shut down. You got it, Sid. Yeah. Maybe he needs to be a nickel. Maybe he needs to be, Maybe he's your Al Harris, where he's just a really good backup corner. I don't think it's time to pull the plug on him. I think there's still an opportunity to, like, you know, work on his confidence, put him in a position to succeed. And I I don't think he's being put in the right position to succeed. I think it's due to a lot of injuries, but I think, you know, we had him playing on the inside before. Maybe he's best suited there, but I think it's, it's way too early. But one thing that concerns me is, you know, his athletic ability. I think you know, that- is, that, is that Achilles – going to be the really the Achilles in his career like yeah. is that now that he has the injury is he ever going to be the same because yeah. a lot of players do not come back from that Achilles injury yeah, I think the wildest thing about Sidney Jones is that we there's a there was a guy another cornerback that came out of Washington in the same exact draft Kevin King Kevin King yeah who's honestly he's he's he's, he's, he's having a better career he, than than Sidney Jones is right yeah, now but I mean he didn't get injured in Mets and Mets. I mean, Kevin Kevin King got he got he got torched. Yeah, last but week, S- yeah. Sydney also got injured before the draft. I'm just saying. Sydney's disappointing. I'm 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 just as di- after hyping that dude all offseason, I feel betrayed. Um, there's nobody who's more with all disappointed the, than Sydney Jones than I am. With all the players that were on the board at the time when we, we drafted him, some people were like, "Oh, how he's being arrogant for making that pick." I think, um, you know, he he, he made the pick, and uh, he's got to live with it. We were both a fan of it when it happened. It, all I right, was, yeah. Uh, my man, real real Prince Blue wants to know. Oh! He wants to know: uh, are, are the mighty E-Rock and Eagle Sessions going to continue to monopolize the Mitchell and Ness market, or are they going to let little people get some gear too? First of all, Gail, how dare you at Mitchell and Ness and call for backup after after for the first time ever I might have outswagged you. You can't let me get one victory. You were pretty swaggy, man. I'm not I, gonna lie. Listen, I, I, I was dripping hard. Yo, when I came out the shop, I was feeling. I, I, I was with my daughter. I'm like, here, hold this bag. I'm gonna put this on. I got the hat on, the shades on, and everything like Mitchell that. Mitchell Ness makes I'm nice gonna, gear. I'm man. gonna do it for the grand. You can't give me one victory. Mitchell you Ness. can't give me one. Help me. Help you. Help. You got all this me. stuff. 
Anyway. I got to pay for kids and, and their clothes and stuff like that. You're out here balling. I'm balling on a budget. Hey, does Mr. You Ness can't give me one. Uh, diapers for kids and stuff like that? Nah, man, they yeah. don't. For the children? You got to do it for the kids. <laughs> get hey, get. hey you, you were looking uh, extra crispy. Thank you. Thank you. That's yeah. all I wanted to hear. You know what I mean? That's all I wanted to hear. If a brother comments on your gear, you're doing something right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got I got one more question from Pooga to wrap it all up. All right, yeah. so what, just since it's Dallas week, give me your favorite Eagles Cowboys memory. Mm. Yeah, I'll take it. Uh, I mean, I'm just gonna give some recent. Just just winning a Super Bowl, holding up that ring, and not having any Cowboy fan ever tell me that particularly when, quiet when, that year. When is your team gonna win a ring? When you have a ring, and it's, it was it's still the best feeling. So I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to hold that little moment. There, there, there's a lot of really great ones, and, and, and to spare you the typical sports talk radio, you know, rate your top ten Dallas Cowboy games. For me, Veteran Stadium, Cowboys, Eagles, fourth and one. I was there for the game, and it's one of the most – one of the earliest memory – because I, I must have been, what, 10 or 12, and like – Listen, there's a lot of time between then and now and then, so things are a little fuzzy. But I can distinctly remember, like that play happening, the play, the place erupting, and then the boos that happened when they realized they had to do it again, and the ground was shaking when they stopped them again. Uh, seeing that live, being that—that's one of my my very vivid, distinct being in the 600 level. In the stands, as an Eagles fan, getting ready to play—that's one of my earliest memories of being at uh, Veteran Stadium. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with that one. Before we get on out of here, a couple shout-outs. Concha Hawk and Bakery, as always, making those tomato pies for the tailgate and uh, Bud Light as well. We got a new addition to the Bud Light family. Uh, our, our boy had a baby. Our boy yeah. had a baby. So shout out to Alex. yeah, shout out to Alex. Uh, Green Legion. The Buffalo trip is sold out. You guys sold it completely out. Kudos to you. We will see you up at Buffalo for the pep rally, the tailgate, all that. But do not forget they're making that trip down to Miami as well, and that's going to be one of the big ones. We're going to try to, you know, skirt, you know get a little we're – we're going to try to, like, stuff a little E-Rock in a duffel bag and put them up in the overhead, and maybe we can make that trip with Green Legion. Who Dolly. knows? But definitely check them out for all their tailgates. The Worldwide has to be in Miami, you know? Dolly. 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 And, of course, our design tree shop, the 4th and John shop. Right now it's hoodie season, it obviously. Hoodie season. It's, it, it, it's hoodie season. So we're offering, what is it, uh, $15 off every order over fifty dollars yeah. with using the using the promo code hoodie S Z N. That's for season, as the kids like to say it on the Twitter.com. So make sure you check that out. Uh, and until next week, listen, Dallas Week must win. To win the division, you have to beat Dallas. To make the playoffs, you have to beat Dallas. I do not want to sit here in front of this camera and in front of this microphone next week and talk about the same nonsense. Until next time, let's go birds. We'll see you next week. What's spring like in Park City, Utah? Imagine waking up on a bluebird day to ski the greatest snow on earth at two world-class resorts, Park City Mountain and Deer Valley. Exploring miles of wide open spaces by snowshoe or cross country skis. Wandering our historic Main Street with its opera ski scene and award winning restaurants. When you love it like we love it, Park City, Utah will always be winter's favorite town. Join the experience at visitparkcity.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.